0: I mean it, I I have this fear of enclosed spaces. I think everything must go back to the fact that I had a very anxious childhood. I, I, I feel physically inadequate. I gave it a lot of thought. The truth is, this therapy is a jerk off. You know it, and I know it. Well, uh... I, I guess, I, deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused.
1: But the thing is, I mean, since our discussion's here, I feel I have a right to my own feelings.
0: The simplest way to put it, I have problems. I worry about diseases, so uh, I have trouble touching things. i to depression. A certain bleak attitude about the world. But I know I can handle it.
1: You're listening to Mental Wealth, a podcast about people's mental health experiences and the tools of recovery. everyone, welcome to Mental Wealth with me, Simon Tierney. This is episode three in this series of podcasts for News Talk, in which we discuss a different mental health condition in each monthly episode. This show is not intended to be a substitute for professional treatment, but rather an exploration of mental health issues and the tools of recovery. In this episode, we're looking at bipolar disorder, and my guest is Kieran from Dublin, who works in the hospitality industry. Kieran, thanks a million for coming in to us today. How are you? Good, Simon. How are you? Very well indeed.
0: So, are you well today? I am well today. Um, I'm very well, actually. Um, it's good to come in and get a walk around the city and then get to see if I can spot George Hook in the building. <laughs> and did you get soaked on? Yeah, it was quite, uh, there was quite a few downpours, but I was lucky enough to bring a brolly with me.
1: So um let's just get a little bit of context just to start off Kiron uh, you started to suffer with bipolar when you were in your late teenage years how long was it before you were diagnosed
0: with bipolar disorder um it was probably I was I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2011 but I never really had an answer for it what was wrong but it was never really that that one was really wrong it was just that I thought I was having fun all the time.
1: So what age were you when you got the diagnosis?
0: I would have been 28 it was basically I was I had a very downward spiral and um, my mood got really low and I was feeling suicidal so I ended up being admitted to hospital for a couple of months and that's when we got the diagnosis of what was wrong with me.
1: Um, We'll get to the hospitalisation shortly, but I suppose in terms of establishing the talking point today, which is bipolar disorder... Like a number of mental illnesses, it can be difficult for people to understand, people who haven't experienced its symptoms before. Can you try and explain how it works in terms of its depressive and manic elements?
0: Everyone that suffers from bipolar, their condition, each one is unique sort of in a a roundabout way. Some would be very down, some would be highly up, you know, but it's sort of when you get the two, you could be down all the time and you could get one upward episode and that's where they come out with a diagnosis or so I'm told. So basically, you know, it's sort of, it's not the, it's not the usual thing that you would see in the television of, you know, they, 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 they class bipolar affective disorder of sort of people that are really erratic from extremely sad to extremely manic it's nothing like that at all it's very complex in its own way but i would sort of say maybe you know for me it was sort of i thought i was living a a champagne lifestyle on a lemonade income if that makes sense
1: so for you um the manic periods were more prevalent yes so how long would that last
0: Uh, do you know what if we could go out today and go and bottle this manic stuff and sell it in the pharmacy. We'd be like Breaking Bad, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. Part Two. Yeah. You know what I mean. People would be queuing up to buy for, and they would pay any money. It's amazing. And you'd be Heidelberg. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you'd be Jesse. And we would definitely be rich men in Dublin. Uh, but uh, it's it, 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 the manic. I suppose the manic side at the time is brilliant. But I mean, when it's when everything gets back to normal, you just sort of wake it up and say to yourself, what. What did I do? How did I do that? Why did I do that? And that's when the depression stage hits in. Okay. You know?
1: So how long would the manic period typically last? Like a
0: few days? A week? three weeks, four weeks, okay, sometimes long. two weeks, it it, it all depends on the situation and what your triggers are and what sets you off, yeah. you know, and that's that was the that's the really, that's the that's the scary thing because you don't know, you could have €10,000 in your pocket and you could blow it all because you could just walk into a pub, buy everyone a drink go out, see a homeless man, kid him out in a new suit, put him up in a hotel for a week go to a casino, put €5,000 all on red, walk out, not a care in the world, but it could be two weeks later when you realise what you've done, then you start feeling depressed
1: When you're in that manic period, in that zone are you lacking a filter or is there something that's because the reason why I don't go out and do those things that you've just listed is because I suppose there's a filter in my brain that's telling me that there are consequences to all of those actions what is it about being in the manic zone for you that you're not able to have that filter
0: there Because you don't. Because it's so good. No one is on your level. You are are on a higher level. In your own mind, you're on a higher level. And people might be thinking, what is he going on about? No one is on your level. You're untouchable. Mm -hmm. You know, so you just don't realize. But you are the best person. And every... But when you are that person, everyone wants to be your friend. I've just been plenty of times that I have had manic episodes where I could be out with friends and by the end of the night there's around 40 people around they're all buying us drink and they want to come out and have a party with us because you're just so hyped up and anyone that may disagree with you or just either want to relax there just calm down you're sort of saying what are you talking about I'm having the best time ever yeah, come on yeah, just come yeah.
1: along for the ride jump in Um, You told me before uh, when we were uh, communicating via email that there's a song by the Dave Matthews band with a lyric that's particularly evocative of your experience of bipolar. Can you tell me about that?
0: It's about a. If you when you listen to the song, you know he he goes through a few different scenarios and different things. But he says it's about the monkey that comes down to the street and the monkey gets into a lot of trouble. But the moral the moral of the story is that the monkey should learn to stay up in the tree. That's with the mania. The mania shouldn't come down and have the party. <laughs> mania should just stay up in the tree. So when I hear the song, and I hear specifically the lyric about the monkey, I always think about the, the manic side of my bipolar. I see the li- a monkey sitting up in his monkey tree one day decided to climb down, run off to the city.
1: That was a clip from Big Eyed Fish by the Dave Matthews Band. One of the problems that we alluded to at the beginning of this uh, interview here on is the length of time that it can take people to get diagnosed. On average, it takes people with bipolar 10 years to get a diagnosis. And before proper diagnosis, there is a misdiagnosis three and a half times on average. Mm -hmm. These are figures from the um, Bipolar uh, Charitable Organization in the UK. Mm -hmm. They were the figures that were closest that I could get. Um, Why do you think it takes people so
0: long to get a proper diagnosis? Because if you were to ask any psychiatric doctor in Ireland, they'll tell you you can have 100 depressive episodes. And if you have what's classed a manic episode, you're... They will give you the diagnosis of bipolar. Now, you could have 100 manic episodes and you could have one depressive episode and they will give you that's that's the that's the 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 psychiatric handbook that they would open and that's how they give the diagnosis. I mean, nowadays you hear so many different ones. If you look back years ago, bipolar was specifically called manic depression because it was you were manic or you were depressive. So now you can have bipolar, you can have bipolar affective disorder one. You can have it as two. You can have such, also many. So the misdiagnosis is because they haven't got the time or people haven't got the money to attend a psychiatric doctor slash psychiatric nurse and give them a weekly evaluation of how their life has gone for three or four years to get a proper diagnosis of what their mental health condition is.
1: That's interesting. So with bipolar, you think it's important that the mental health professional has a much broader sense of how you're how you've been feeling or what your behaviour has been like over a longer period rather than just a kind of a snapshot when they come into the when you come into the doctor's surgery.
0: Yeah, like if if you if I suppose really, if my advice, if anyone does go to a doctor's and they get a diagnosis, also just keep a mood diary for like two years of just how your mood is when you get up in the morning. How is your mood? In the afternoon, how was your mood? In the night time, how was your mood? Just rate them out of 10. 10 being really happy, one being really sad. And do it for two or three years. And then go back to the doctor if you, you, know, you haven't been able to attend monthly or, or bi-weekly or whatever the case is. And let them look over your mood diary and then they might be able to see a pattern.
1: That's a really good advice. When you were on the manic end of the spectrum, can you ex- try and explain what that feeling was like for you?
0: You're seven years of age, you're in bed, you're getting up and you know that it's Christmas. You're going to walk downstairs and Santi is going to have everything that you want. It's all down there. And then the next day is your birthday. You're going to get the exact same thing. And then you're going to win the lotto the day after that. Everything is just good. You're phased out by anything bad, constantly good, constantly happy but you're happy in yourself. You're oblivious to what's around you. I'm just it's more Would I say selfish. No, what I say, what I say, ignorant, maybe you're just you're in your own bubble. You're wrapped up in cotton wool and it's the best feeling because you've got central heat, you've got running water, you've got the best food. No one can enter this little bubble and it's just amazing.
1: Is it possible to function normally, like to work? You can function
0: you're... normally. I wouldn't say that that, that it's that you become dysfunctional. It, it depends on to what level that you get. If you can keep it to a certain extent, you know, if you can hold it together, you will. Because I suppose the more you learn about yourself... And the more you learn about dealing with bipolar uh, on other circumstances, you're sort of saying, "Uh, I mightn't tell the nurse how I'm feeling today, but you have to. You have to. You can't lie about it. You really have to. I have one rule with my nurse in particular. There's no lies. We tell her, I tell everything. There's nothing. Like if she says, did you take your medication this morning? I didn't. I, I do say no, you know. About being truthful but because
1: because the manic period is so euphoric when it comes to an end
0: then that's the horrible point
1: can you try and explain what that feels like that
0: that sort of cliff edge it's it's really like it's that's why it's the polar opposite of each other it's so dramatic You know what I mean? It's like me giving you 1 million euro and then I come back like two weeks later and I'm like you're not having that 1 million euro and you're taking it away and you're just you have your whole life planned and how you're going to spend that money and then you have to run into a lot of debt and you know you owe It's a devastating feeling Very devastating you know because now you owe Heisenberg 1 million dollars and you're not going to pay him and you're going to get (laughs) Flipped. <laughs> no <laughs> You know, yeah. it's so dramatic, but you don't you'll never understand until you're in that situation. Yeah. You know, but it's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Which would I prefer more? I prefer probably to deal with the manic situation than I would the depressive, because the depressive you go right down. But the manic is also very dangerous as well, because you're just oblivious to what's going on around you. It's just a horrible disease, really.
1: It all came to a head for you in two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. How did that culminate?
0: I suppose it was everything. Um it was just work was getting to me. Um you know, I didn't know if I was a good man anymore. Um I I was letting I felt I felt I was letting people down. I just felt I was hitting nearly that 30 year mark and everyone was getting married, they were buying houses, they were having kids. They were Doing all this stuff and I I just, I got a real low bout of worthlessness and I just thought, you know what, life's just not worth living anymore.
1: And the bipolar was obviously bad at that period, but you didn't well, know that it was bi- bipolar. I
0: didn't know, it was just a depressive stage. It was definitely a, a, a really clinically depressive stage in my life that I've felt so low that I just felt worthless.
1: And you were admitted into hospital then at that point? Yes. How long did you spend in the hospital? Four months As an impatient.
0: As an impatient.
1: Have a listen to this.
0: Since the beginning of time, people have been, you know, frightened and and unhappy and they're scared of death and they're they're scared of getting old and there's always been priests around and shamans and now shrinks to tell them, look, I know you're frightened,
1: but I can help you. Of course, it is going to cost you a few bucks. That's a scene from 2003's Anything Else by Woody Allen, which leads us into the whole area of getting better and therapy and things like that. Um, while you were in the hospital, Kieran, can you describe the treatment that you received while you were in there?
0: Treatment while I received was, first of all, they had to give my medication correct, When you take a tablet, it just doesn't work straight away. You know, you've got like nearly 14 days, 15 days to see if there's an improvement. While I was in the hospital, there was um, very practical things that were good. Um, There was yoga, which uh, I still do the odd time, but I wouldn't be able to do a backflip or anything like that. Um, And then there was art as well. I go on, do a bit there for us. Okay, (laughs) no, I can't, we (laughs) back. And there was art and there was... A gentleman used to come in from Aware, and he used he just he would talk about his own journey and his life and how he dealt with the psychiatric services and how Aware were to him, which they do a very good job. If anyone needs any help, always look towards Aware.
1: Was there any cognitive behavioral therapy CBT used with with your bipolar diagnosis? No,
0: uh, because I would be a public patient. So um, at the time when I was attending a hospital and when I was discharged altogether together in the country, in the public health system, there was five CBT experts and uh, the waiting lists were quite long. So wow. I went to a therapist instead that was provided by the HSE, which done just as good job, but the person who done the best job was my psychiatric nurse. That's who I talk to every week.
1: Yeah, tell me about your psychiatric nurse. That was part of your care package when you left the hospital as well, that you would see your
0: psychiatric nurse on a weekly basis. Um, I would see her on a weekly basis. And and that's a free service. That's a free service and um, a brilliant service for me. It worked for me, but as I always like to emphasise. What works for me mightn't work for someone else, but um, we built up a very good relationship and, you know, we communicate extremely well, as I was telling you earlier on. And, you know, we have one very good rule within our relationship that there's no lies and it's all truth.
1: So if um, one of the listeners is suffering with uh, bipolar disorder, would they have access to a psychiatric nurse like you have?
0: I don't know, and I won't be able to answer that because I'm not quite sure. But I was something worth asking, though. Oh, it is, it is. Um, you, uh, you check in, check in with your doctor. If your doctor can give you no help, your psychiatric doctor check with your with, 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 with your GP and ask. You know,
1: how are you now with your with your bipolar condition compared to four years ago when you're in the hospital? How has it changed for you?
0: Bipolar disorder. I have my bipolar in order. That's the best way to describe it. I know every, I I know I know a lot of my triggers, and I have a well understanding of my illness and how I'm affected. So I have a lot of it in control, and so I'm I'm very good. But I mean, there's some days I wake up and I feel like shit. You know what I mean? And just things are bad. Like I do have a bad day. I'm not just walking around happy-go-larry down the town. Do you know what I mean? But people have to remember normal life stuff happens but that's not mental health problems you know what i mean so you have to segregate that if some some people can just have an off day that just doesn't mean that they have a mental health problem 24 7. but i have that i have my mental health looked after and it's well but normal day-to-day life can be a bit of a problems at times and it gets me down but it's okay this is what i believe to be true this is what i learned in the hospital.
1: You have to do everything you can. You have to work your hardest. And if you do, if you stay positive, you have a shot at a silver lining. In this part of the podcast, we look at movies, books, music, sport, and other interests which can cast a light on the difficulties of mental health issues or indeed offer some respite during difficult times. Kiran, you keep an excellent blog. Mm -hmm. Um, about your condition, The Inside Out Man, which I've been reading and listeners can Google it if they wish. You often start your posts with the lyrics to a song. Why is music important to you? Does it help you to understand yourself better? Tell me a little bit about that. I suppose
0: I've always liked music. So it really has a a significant part of my life from when I've been young to now. But I always associate a part of my life with a song. So a lot of the, the posts that I have published, I have used lyrics that are meaningful to me in some way or the other.
1: When you were really bad with your bipolar, when you were in the hospital or just before you went to the hospital, what song do you associate with that?
0: Probably Pearl Jam Black. Why? Because if you listen to it, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit like I would, I would see myself writing that in a depressive stage, you know, a a depressive downturn. Specifically, you know, the verse where he says, I know you'll, have a beautiful life I know you'll be a star in somebody else's that's that's very meaningful to me because I I sort of pictured my relationship like it at the time that I felt that I wasn't I wasn't good enough for a woman that in my eyes is probably the most amazing person I've ever met be the best friend be the woman be the partner she's just amazing and that that, that's what I I felt at the time and when I listened to that you know it's it's a strong piece let's have a listen
1: You were telling me before, Kiron that you got a dog a couple of years ago. Called, I did, yeah. Called Lola. Yes. What sort of
0: dog is she? she Lo- he. She. She. Lola. Lola is. Um, I'm a big dog person. So. Is a golden retriever, and <laughs> oh, she's uh, amazing, absolutely amazing. The best thing that ever happened to my life. Probably sometimes I don't realise how good she is, you know. But I'll be lost without her. It. It's absolutely. funny. Do you know what? It,
1: there's a few um,
0: people who
1: have suffered with mental health issues. Have told me that there's something about having a dog that they find great respite in. What do you think that is? What's that what is that connection?
0: A dog never judges you. Never at all. You could you could murder someone right in front of them and then they'd still come over and like, you know, want to play with you or give you a lick on, on the hand or something or you know what I mean? You could end up tearing up her bed in a fit of rage and she'd still come over and put her her, her, her head in your lap You know They just don't judge You know I think what I mean that,
1: That's an interesting word
0: You're using Because I think
1: Some people with mental health Or a lot of people With mental health issues Are worried about being judged
0: Very much so And you know I suppose We're getting A lot better in Ireland And uh, I think that's Down to the You know The likes of Sea Change And other people That do such good work You know But we still We as a nation Don't like to be judged you know, we're too apologetic like.
1: So uh, that's Lola. Lola's doing well, is she? Yes. What sti- age is she?
0: Still very active and very giddy. She's six Good. and she's mad as a brush. Um,
1: I For me, I think fiction, novels, etc. can offer wonderful respite to mental health sufferers. I, uh, when I was suffering with my own mental health problems a few years ago, I remember specifically that I was reading a book called The Slap mm-hmm. by uh, Christos Chuckis, if that's how you pronounce his name, Greek writer, and um, I was so absorbed by that book. But I remember what I remember about it in in relation to my mental health issues was that it offered me a kind of an escape from the trauma of the it was OCD that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. I I really valued that that time, whether it was just two or three pages, and then I'd have to go back to the OCD.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I believe you're a fan of fantasy fiction.
0: Very much so. George R. 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 Don't kill me, Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, and Tolkien as well. I suppose Tolkien was my first love. But yeah, I really like uh, A Song of Ice and Fire books. But I loved originally The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. There's a bit of useful information. J.R.R. Tolkien used to visit County Clare on his holidays. When he visited County Clare, he asked a farmer to bring him out on a tour around County Clare. And he brought him to a cave called Gollum Cave. No way. So two weeks ago, there was a father and a son stuck in a cave down in County Clare. That was Gollum Cave. Wow. That's where Gollum, that's where the cave came from. That's where the name for Gollum came from yeah, from yeah. Gollum Cave. That's fascinating. And also when Bilbo comes across Gollum, he's in a cave.
1: Yeah. Wow. So it all started in County Clare. Yeah, it all started.
0: <laughs> we claim everything in Ireland. Yeah, I ours. know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Basically, we wrote The Lord of the Rings. Everything. <laughs> but um when you were feel- when you were struggling with your mental health issues, did you find that reading fiction was helpful?
0: When I came to the hospital, I read the books again all within 7 weeks. Yeah. Just locked away. That was it reading that. I went on a massive reading. I think I must have read around 40 books when I came to the hospital. And what read, did that read,
1: mean read. for you when you were reading the books? Such
0: to- an escape away. Absolutely. I just felt like there was no one to bother me at all. I was just stuck on my book. So I'd be like 9 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock in the evening without any food. Dinner at 8. <laughs> Back yeah. into the book till 12 or 1 o'clock. It was amazing. Best time ever.
1: Especially, I mean, with fantasy fiction with writers like Tolkien or George R.R. R. Martin, they're creating such unique worlds which are so different in many ways to our own that there really is
0: an opportunity for escape there, isn't there? And that's what's so good about fantasy. I read a really good series at the at the moment. It's called The Gentleman Bastard Trilogy by Scott Lynch. And it's like Oliver meets Oceanus Eleven set in Venice
1: that is an absolutely bizarre cocktail. Yeah, i tell you, it's, it's quite bizarre. <laughs> um,
0: like within the first 50 pages, you're into a bank heist. It's amazing. It's a real different take on fantasy. Very, very good. I
1: love that. Oliver mixed with Ocean's Eleven. Fantastic. Set in Venice. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's time for Mental Wealth Recommends. In the final part of the podcast, we're looking at things which may help people who are dealing with a particular mental health condition. This week, obviously, we're focusing our attention on bipolar disorder. Kiran, there's an organisation
0: called Bipolar Advantage that you find useful. What is it that you like about that? It's very, it doesn't, it's not very clinical. You know, it can just give you normal, easy explanations to what's going on, how to deal with your life and it doesn't give you like set, regimental regimes that you have to follow and you have to buy this book along with these tablets and do this exercise and then you lose 10 stone you'll be really healthy no it just gives you a load of nice things and it's it's grand it's not very heavy
1: listeners can visit bipolar advantage by logging on to www.bipolaradvantage.com aware also support people with bipolar obviously yeah they're very mentioned.
0: good as well and they can you can go and as they have meetings usually in your local family resource centre all around the country, you know, and you can go there. If they I would if they don't have any information, just ask someone at the desk and they'll be able to help you. They're really good.
1: And you can log on to their website, aware.ie. I'd also like to make listeners cognizant of the fact that Aware have a life skills, skills group program. This is a free course which helps participants to learn about cognitive behavioral therapy and how they can apply it to their own lives and there's more information available about that on aware.ie. And finally, I'm always very concerned about mental health sufferers access to affordable treatment. An organization I've recently come in contact with is is My Mind. I don't know if you've heard of them.
0: No, I haven't heard of them.
1: My Mind is an organization that was set up in Ireland in 2006 and their aim is to provide fast an affordable mental health care to people who need it in the community. But they have an interesting model. It's fast because you don't need a referral from a GP. Mm-hmm. So you just contact them on mymind.org and you make an appointment and they'll try and see you within three days. Wow. Now, I know on the public system, it can be longer than that, can it? Yeah,
0: very much so. Very much so, depending on whereabouts you are, but yeah, it can be very long.
1: Yeah, so this might be um, an interesting alternative for people. What I also like about MyMind is that they have a pay scale depending on your employment status. So if you're a student or a pensioner or you're out of work, you can see a mental health professional for €20. If you're in part-time work, it's €30 and €50 if you're in full-time employment. So that's definitely worth checking out. That's mymind.org and they have centres in Dublin, Cork and Limerick on it it's uh, been a pleasure having you on Mental Wealth. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Simon. And thanks, listeners, for downloading this podcast. Join us again next month when we'll be talking about OCD. If you'd like to comment on this episode of Mental Wealth or if you would like to share your experience of mental ill health or indeed recovery... You can email me, simon.tierney at newstalk.com. Or you can contact us on Twitter. Uh, The Newstalk Twitter handle is at NewstalkFM.